Hello everyone, welcome to the Four Lads Had a Dream podcast. My name is Stephen Clifford and this is episode two of the Alex McLeish story. Joining us is our um, regular co-host, Mr Chris Jack. Chris, how are you? Hi Stephen, all good, thanks to be on. And um, obviously joining us is um, former Rangers manager, Mr Alex McLeish, how are you? I'm here guys, it's good to be with you. Alex is obviously joining us for the second time. Um, episode one, we covered his first couple of years at Rangers where we had um, a double and a historic treble, um, the 50th title. But what we want to talk about is the 2004-2005 season. And also delighted to say joining us, a very special guest is midfielder from that season, uh, Mr Alex Ray. Alex, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, guys. Looking forward to a bit of chit-chat about the, the good old days. <laughs> yes. Um, season 2005, 2004-2005 uh, certainly was a fantastic season for all Rangers fans. Alex, um, having had the disappointment of the season before, um, we strengthened with some top-class signings, John Allen, Boomsong, Dado Purcell, Nacho Novo, Marvin Andrews, and indeed Alex Ray. What was your thinking behind these signings? Now, do you, do you remember um, in the last pod I said about lack of preparation the season before? We, we did signings and uh, with three weeks to go and it was all like um, players towards the end of their career and, um, you know, not really featuring at, at their highest level anymore. But these, these ones that we signed um, for, for that season, 2004-2005. Alec Ray, I went to see Alec, and I know he's, he's our guest as well. Uh, I went to see Alec at Wolverhampton, and he's a free transfer. And I phoned David Murray, I couldn't wait to, to phone David Murray and say to him, look, no brainer, you've got to sign this guy right now. He's still got legs, he's still got the, the ability, and he'll be a fantastic signing for Rangers. And they and and he's costing you nothing, David. You know, apart from wages, and um, that was music to the big man's ears. And in, in that particular uh, era and time of our uh, kind of watching the pennies a wee bit. Alex, Rangers, was it to sign for Rangers, and was it a difficult decision? No, not at all. Um, it's interesting because when you were kind of doing that opening gambit, because it's always interesting to kind of get an insight to what the gaffer and the, the planning was prior to that. And, and, and I think he's absolutely right, I, excluding myself. I think, um, you know, because I was, I was in the twilight, I was at the end of my career. Um, but when you actually look at the actual signings and the level and the quality of the signings, I think that was what was really important because they brought real quality to the team, power, strength and technical ability as well. But going back to your original point, I, uh, um, in the January, about five or six weeks prior to getting an interest by Rangers, Sunus uh, tried to tap me up to go and sign for Blackburn, having got rid of me 17 years earlier. And uh, I thought it was an opportunity to get back up the road and so forth. But when I heard about Rangers was in the mix, it was a no-brainer. Um, my little daughter, who was, I don't know, about two and a half at the time, three, uh, she was uh, starting to sound like, you know, one of the kids from the black country with a Birmingham accent. I thought I'd need to get back up the road as well. So <laughs> it was imp- it was it was important to uh, to kind of come back. And everybody knows my connection with the club. So it was an, it was a no brainer. But but my, my initial kind of conversations with Alex were really important as well. Uh, when he was saying about it was important to try and get people with Rangers minded people about the dressing room, people who understood the club. And I've often said this when when I went back to Rangers. 
the gaffer and his coaching staff had compiled a, it was like a little, I don't know, eight inch, ten inch binder, leather binder, had two or three DVDs. And within the DVDs, it was actually footage uh, of the history of the club. And, and, and by giving guys like Prusso uh, and Boomsong, these types of things. We also signed a boy called Mildenovic at that time as well. It was just an, a, a, a period where we could actually give uh, these guys uh, a, a kind of fast track of what the club meant. But they were brilliant signings. And for me, it was just a, it was just like coming back home because I'd, I'd been released as a kid. So it was, uh, uh, there was no decision to be made at all. I just said to the missus, we're moving, fucking back up the road. And it's the best thing I've ever did. Alex, just to ask you a wee bit on that, um, you made a point of... Um... Sorry, Alex McLeish, we should say. Maybe we should just call you Gaffer in this one, Alex McLeish, just to <laughs> save us getting messed up. So I'm going to ask the Gaffer here. You said something about your preparation. I remember back in 2003-2004 season, I think it was early March maybe, um, we were beaten by Dunfermline away 2-0. It was a horrendous game. Paolo Vinoli scored an atrocious own goal. And we were all on the way back up the road. And you announced after that game that John Allen Boomchon was coming on a Bosman signing. Was that did that just give you such a, a massive kind of preparation and, and you were more equipped then and, and ready for the start of the season going in because as you as you said before and maybe repeat myself slightly and repeating your question really, but um is, was that vital and a catalyst to the season going forward? Yeah, it was. Um you know, I, I put Alec first there because he's on the show. And I'd gone to see him, and, and as I said, in a game at Wolverhampton, and he, he cruised it, you know. He's playing at a good level at that time. And I knew, you know, obviously he, he was getting older, but he was he was still the guy who could hit Hacker, and certainly for Rangers. Now, John Allen Boomsong, we spoke about the preparation of getting Boomsong, getting big uh, pre-show. And I'd gone to... Monaco to see Dado against Real Madrid and uh, he battered the, the Real Madrid defence to pieces, you know, and to think that this guy had actually said, <laughs> I want to come to Rangers, I could not believe the atmosphere when I played when he played for Monaco Ibrox, um, you, you know, one night and he said it was just uh, like out of this world and, you know, to think I had them. It was it was like back to Hibs Day, and I got a player for for free from uh, one of the, the Danish teams, and I, I phoned uh, the Hibs chairman at the time and said, uh, "This is a no-brainer. We're getting him for nothing," and he fitted into the team uh, really well. Not not a dad though, but um, he was a defender at, at the time, Ulrich Clarsen. And and I was so chuffed to get this guy in advance, but to get Dado, to get uh, Boomsong in advance, to get Ali in advance, that that was manna from heaven, absolute manna from heaven, and and that, that gave us a wee boost, as you said, from that dismal Dunfermline performance and game, and to 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 know that we were getting these guys in advance, we we're playing at a great level, then that gave me brilliant optimism for the coming season. That optimism perhaps didn't really translate into uh, results, unfortunately. In the first couple of weeks of the season, you draw, draw 0 0 up at Aberdeen in the first league game. There's the uh, Champions League games against Moscow. And then the, towards the end of August, there's the old firm defeat at Parkhead as well. How, how tricky was that Was that start to the season? Yeah, it was. Um, and, and when you think of the Moscow game, it, you know, they, they'd, uh, I think, bought a couple of Brazilian, or yeah. one Brazilian for. 
like eleven, a ridiculous figure at that particular time, and and we wasn't it? Wasn't it? Sorry, I was just saying it was Wagner Love. Wagner Love, it was. Wagner Love, aye, Wagner Love, yeah. Um, who had made the headlines a few times since then and um, round about that time. But what what a good player! And they also had other a lot of other players in the team and people again naive, a bit naive, saying that we should be. Um, going to Moscow and winning and uh, you know we in the end we narrowly lost but it made for bad bad uh, headlines and stuff you know I think I was um, uh, I think my head was on a Moscow mule or something like that you know absolutely outrageously ridiculous disrespectful but you just got to take it in the chin get on with it um, just keep telling the lads and encouraging the lads and training the right way Andy Watson um Ian, Ian McGuinness, my doctor, you brilliant guys, brilliant staff, Jan Vouters. You know, I can't speak highly enough of these guys back in the day. And um, we we ploughed away. We, we we started to see the light a wee bit. And, um, you know, you know what all happened at the end of the season. But certainly, we the early days were, were quite tough. And it, here we go again, you know, and... And you know the expectations of the fans, um, as, as I've said about ten times already on the blog. Alex Ray, there was there was quite a in in that run there was quite a a kind of turning point. Rangers went up to Aberdeen in the League Cup um, during the week. Uh, Fernando Rickson and a late Stephen Thompson goal, and Rangers went two 0 and that was a catalyst to kind of kick us on because there was a wee bit of of stories in the press, and the press were saying that if we didn't win this game then Alex was, was was done for, more or less. Mm-hmm. How big a turning point was that in that year and what sort of belief did that give you? Well, I, I was actually, I, I got injured in the, in the Celtic game at Parkhead. However, I think what you're, what you're actually touching on is really important because with all the kind of razzmatazz, you know, some of the headlines about the gaffer, uh, the players, you know, everyone's questioned at that point. And I think that's a key thing. And I think it's an important factor as well, Stephen, when, when you're, you, you're being questioned as a group, and I, because there's two ways you can go. You can actually collapse and sink, and then you can either dig in and, and, and kind of try and, as you rightly said. So when you got to Aberdeen, when you got to Aberdeen and you get the results you're looking for, I think it was uh, Fernando got a goal uh, up there, didn't he? And I think it was, if my memory serves me, it was Big Tomo. So it was, a, it was an important uh, time for us to get that belief taken, because that's a tough, tricky place at that time. Uh, as you said, we'd, we'd kind of drawn with them uh, the opening game of the season. So to go up there and get that result, um, and, and you have to factor in as well, and I think this is what people forget, but you don't actually get this time. When you actually go to Rangers, you're expected to hit the ground running because their expectations are to win, win, win. And when you rightly said there, when you lose to Moscow, you lose to Celtic, you draw to Hearts, all of a sudden, you, uh, you're on the back foot right away. Uh, and it takes character to dig in, but that that was uh, one of the the key wins because from that uh, I think we then kick on, don't we? We went on an unbelievable run, um, uh, and then again that just generates confidence. And 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 I think the gaff will remember us, boom song, uh, and and Big Dado in particular, Big Dado in particular. He really really bought into what Rangers were. I mean, really, you know, he was pumping the chest and. He, he was an unbelievable player to have about the place because if you talk about guys with winning instincts, uh, he very much had that. That does <laughs> kick us on. You're right. Um, and I'll ask, I'll ask both of you here. 
Um, two massive wins in November. We have Celtic at home in the Cup. We go behind in that game, but come back. Um, Big Daddle scores, Shorter gets a winner. And then we take them at home in the league. Um, Nacho gets a penalty and Daddle gets a header. And the league obviously was more comfortable, but the Cup game was massive. It was the first time I think the crowd bought into this team in terms of, right, well, we, we can get behind them and they can do it. What's the question to both of you here? Um, the two wins in November, what's your memories of them? Go on, Gaffer. Yeah, um, you know, I do remember the 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 Celtic one in terms of the, the Ibrooks game. And I, I really felt that that game was when we, I think we went into that game, not, not only feeling we could win, but knowing we, we would win it. I, I just felt that the confidence was back within the squad and there was a spring in the step. And and uh, when we won that game, you know, I, I said there's big things ahead of us this season. We, we have certainly got the potential to do it now and we've now proved it with this performance and result. And what an injection of confidence that game gave to us. Yeah. Uh, Gaffer, see, see um, if my memory serves me right, um, when we went back to the end of August and uh, I, I tore my calf in the first couple of minutes and, and I hadn't, I hadn't uh, played a game leading up to this game, but I was trying my best with wee Hendo and um, Stuart, the physio, and, and the guys about the place were trying uh, to get up. Stuart yeah. And, 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 my, and I remember saying to myself, that was my target, to try and get back for the games. I think it was about 10 or 11 weeks, just to try and be in the frame. And then you threw in to me saying, you're, you're actually starting the night. And I remember the game vividly because one of the early conversations I had with Alex, um, I, I don't think we had, rather Gaffer, we, 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 um, we didn't beat Celtic once a year before Gaffer. And I remember right. you saying the, the importance of getting a win uh, we obviously went to Parkhead in that August game and lost to, I think it was about an 80-odd minute uh, shot for, for Alan Thompson. Aye. And and then you, and I remember thinking to myself, this this will define your season tonight. Um, mm-hmm. Because of, you're right, we were into the game and a lot of confidence. But for me, if we had lost that, I think the setback would have been massive because yeah. that would have been the second. They would have been more or less guaranteed to win the first bit of silverware as well. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know, it was just about that bit of belief and it's interesting because I was listening to Ian Ferguson talking over the last couple of days through the media about a particular game that led them on to nine in a row. And it was when he was fighting with De Canio and they won at Parkhead. He says that was the one that actually got It wasn't the one that actually was definitive. But for me, this was the one that actually kicked us on. Because, Gaffer, without a shadow of doubt, because I think yeah. up until up until about... The late, latter stages, we were dominating the game, we were dominating territory, wave after wave. Um, and I remember saying to myself, if we don't win this tonight, I remember in the game, because we'd so much yet, having yeah. dominated and still lost at home, it would have been a body blow. And then Big Daddy... No, I, I agree, agree with you there, Ali. I think, uh, um, absolutely, in terms of what the Cup game did for us, you know, the I Cup game gave us that confidence of the next game, knowing we were going to win. But um, Arvaladze's winner and uh, was was obviously I think the turning point. You're you're right about that. Yeah, and if my memory goes back now and I start to search, you're a bit younger than me in terms of memory wise. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's any better, Biggin. <laughs> but no. um, do, do, do you know the interesting thing about it? And this is kind of gaffer. Everybody kind of celebrates. Do, do you know? Um, I, I'd invite. I, I think I invited up. 
Jeff Winter, who who um, he was one of the because I remember. Oh, the, the referee. referee. I, I, oh, I, I'm sure I invited Jeff Winter up to that game because when I um, I was I was told in no uncertain terms, don't tell anybody you've signed a pre-contract for Rangers, and I think one of my last games for for um, for Wolves was against Newcastle and I'm running up the road and there was a lot of rumours roaming about and Jeff's a big Rangers fan and he says to me there's a lot of rumours now I says let's put it this way it's one of the first uh, old firm games at Ibrox you're up there as my guest and he just burst out <laughs> laughing so, so, so I, invited, I invited Jeff up for that game and I'm sure we wound up in Mr Sings uh, until as you do as you do well absolutely yeah. we ended up we ended up having a, a, an Indian and and, and I remember directly after it, because I hadn't played for, for 10 or 11 weeks, I had a big blister, Gaffer, in the back of my heel, because I, the, the, these boots were still brand new. And uh, the doc, <laughs> I says to him, I says, doc, you'll need to burst. You'll need to burst. It's, it's, it was throbbing. Who's that, and Doc McGuinness? It's a big Doc McGuinness, he says to me. And, I said, and he said to me, he says, Alex, if I burst this, you won't make the game against Celtic the next time. And I says, well, what's the options? And he put this solution and injected it into the blister gaffer. And I remember, oh, yeah. kinda, I, I kind of clenched my fist as if I was going to hook the dock <laughs> because the pain, I went, you're a big, you know, that. so anyway, but um, it managed to keep me fit enough for the next uh, Old Firm game. Uh, yeah. It was about 10 days, seven days afterwards, wasn't it? Yeah. The momentum from those two Old Firm games continues. You get to January, now you're in, in good shape, and then you get into the, the January transfer window, Alec, and you... You bring in uh, Buffo, bring in Kiriakos, bring in uh, Ronald Votarus, and bring in Barry Ferguson. In terms of incomings, that's a really positive and, and successful window. You also lose uh, Big Boom Song, he goes uh, down the road. Did you, you also came out of that window overall stronger than you went into it? Did you really get the feeling at that time that no, this was going to be a, this could really be a successful season for you? Yeah, I felt, um, I felt with those, with those um, acquisitions, uh, you, you know, that. None of them are mugs at all, you know. Obviously, big Kiriakos was, was interesting to see if he would settle in right away. And and to be honest, he hit the ground running. As Alec mentioned that term earlier, and he did hit the ground running. You know, he, he came in, he had a great attitude. He, he, he was a bit of a fearless big geezer. And and we got fair. And she said Fergie back. Um, Boom song went. It was you know an incredible deal. We think we got him for nothing and sold him for seven million. Um, and that day it was you know hell of a money nowadays you know that would be for a, a dumpling seven million is that right Alec you know the yeah. <laughs> Gaffer just out of curiosity because everyone obviously knew uh, what Fergie would bring to the table how did how did Kiriakos come about because when you look what he actually did with us what he went on to achieve how did he come about uh, you know what Alec I just can't remember the the, the, the um, kind of Kiriakos link. I'm sure an agent had called called us and um, I'd gone to David and, and and we knew that Boomsong was leaving. Then we obviously had to fill that kind of gap. Right. Uh, so I just cannot, for the life of me, remember who the agent was or who the contact was, whether it was David or whether it was somebody through myself. Um, in their days, obviously, the days of agents nowadays, they just go direct to the, the, the club or the, the chief execs and things now. But in, in that day, it was either the manager or the, the chairman. David had, had done a lot of the, the deals in the past. And 
Um, it might have been somebody through him, but I just can't remember Kyriakos. But I, I had a great affiliation. Right away, we had to off. Um, and and I, I just liked the, the absolute uh, commitment to the big fella, you know. he Aye. He wasn't pretty, but and, um, but he, he could defend, he, he could run, he, he could head of the ball. I think a lot of players really struggled coming into the Scottish game and couldn't deal with the physical side of things. You know, even Basil Bolly, when he came, the Rangers struggled badly. And I was speaking to Frank Sozier about this a couple of weeks ago, and, and it was incredible to see the European Cup win guy who scored the winning goal struggled so much at Ibrox. But anyway, the, getting all those players in in January, I, I felt gave us a hell of a surge, you know, to go and do what we did at the end of the season. Gaffer, I'm just looking up uh, Kyriakos, you know, where he came from. He was actually Panathinaikos, I didn't, because I didn't realise he he'd, uh, came from there. It's, it's amazing because he was brilliant and see, having booted him dressing room, he was a big camming influence as well. Yeah, like, uh, commanding. I'm just looking big in. He's only 40 to now, man. I thought he was 40 when he joined us, man. He was he was he looked kind of ungainly, but he, he got the job done brilliantly and he, he was good for a few goals, wasn't he? Uh, listen, I, 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 I thought he was brilliant because the thing is, when Boom Song left, I'm thinking, my God, but you know, I, I thought it was if it was going to weaken us yeah. as much as. John uh, Allen was class, pace, a lot of composure and so forth. Big Kyriakos was a popper. He did a wee bit of everything as well, didn't he? He was kind of composed. He, he, you know, he's aggressive. Um, and, and, and when you look at him and Big Marvin, they two were remarkable. He was more he, I, he was more of an old school kind of centre-half. Um, with, without a doubt. That's what I liked about him, Big. And he didn't, he, when you've got two centre-halves that are willing to leather, the centre-forwards, yeah. you know, they want to give them a wee bit. I think that kind of gets missing in the modern-day game where, you know, yeah. you know, everything's the emphasis is playing out for the back. But they two guys had the, the fundamentals. Yeah. You know, they defended first and then worried about playing secondly. John Alain always looked for a, for a more perfect central defence partnership where the other guy could read his mind, you know, as, as such. And look, John Alain, you, you really do have to match runs at, at certain moments, you know. So, yeah. Uh, he, he, you know, he preferred to hold the line, and you know, big, big Marvin playing beside him. Sometimes it was difficult for for them to get a, a real solid partnership and understanding. But um, Kiriakos, I think, made that wee difference. Aye. You mentioned Kiriakos's uh, goal scoring abilities there. Alec. He also got a couple in the uh, uh, League Cup final against Motherwell. Um, Quite got a okay, fitting one to, to talk about, obviously, after the 25th anniversary of uh, Coop's death or the other, that will, will go down as the, the David Cooper final. What's your memories of, of that day? Quite an, a, an emotional day for, for the Rangers support and obviously the, uh, the Motherwell support, but a big day for, for you and the squad to, to go and get that first bit of silverware that season. Yeah, it was really important for me because um, having... I've been obviously had the, the disappointing season before we where we... we Get put in the semi-final penalties in one of the cups. Never, never took any silverware. So, I, you know, I when when you're at Rangers and the expectations are what they are, you know, you're almost like feeling embarrassed walking about. You know, what you're trying to sneak in the door at Ibrox, so we are hidden and saying, "Well, I've not won anything last year." So the, the punters are obviously not um, my best pals at the moment. And to get that one so early in that season. 
the first one then it, it just made a hell of a difference to the confidence within the camp within the Rangers supporters um, and, and the players in, gen- in general just they, they played as if they, they could go through the rest of the season unbeaten obviously there was a couple of wee stumbles to come but um, they, I, I felt their confidence was at an all time high Alex Ray um, memories of that cup final? Um, the list I come on is I think I come on as a sub later on uh, in that game, Stephen. So um, I was grateful for the fact that we were coasting when I come on because um, the one thing you want to do as a, as a player is you want to come on when you're you're well up, and I, and I think we were what, we three one up at the time, so three or four one up. So it made it relatively easy, and you just come on and coast through the game. Um, so and it was like. Um, to win a to win a cup final with Rangers, it's indescribable, really. Because as I said, I, I thought that had passed me by, um, well and truly. Uh, it, and I'll be honest with you, my fondest memory was the semi final, Stephen, due to the fact Big Alec gave me the armband. So I led Rangers out to the seven one demolition of uh, Dundee United. So that 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 was one. That was one that people often say to me it was a highlight, and it was obviously amazing to win uh, that silverware with the club, but. Um, the semi-final for me was the one that was absolutely brilliant, but taking the gaffer's point on board because it gives you so much belief. When you've got that silverware, you're already ahead of the game. You know, you're looking, and, and it's hard to describe the actual pressure that is put on all firm uh, players because if you get that, and the gaffer's kind of just touched on it brilliantly there, you're tiptoeing about trying to go in the back door and all that because you feel as if you've let people down. It's a brilliant way of describing when things are not going particularly well, because it doesn't half affect you. Um, and I'd played, I don't know, over 600 games in England, uh, 500 games, 600 games in England. And you look at that and you don't ever get that kind of scrutiny. So to win that cup in the manner which we did, you know, we coasted. Effectively, the League Cup uh, was won after we'd beaten uh, Celtic in the quarterfinals because it just freed us up, gave us a good uh, kind of, uh, uh, to go and to go and beat uh, Dundee United and then Motherwell, so it was brilliant. And just the actual celebrations. I think we went back to Ibrox afterwards. I think the only downside was a big Tomo and um, who was it? Uh, the goalie, Big Waterhouse, were up on the drums. Uh, oh, <laughs> Big Ronnie was playing the drums. Tomo was playing the guitar. And uh, honest to God, it was like the old. <laughs> it was horrendous. People were leaving in the droves. You were but, on the tambourine, like, weren't you? But I was going to say another instrument there, Gaffer, but I'm not sure we're allowed to say it in this day and age. Oh, you better, you better know. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, I was just enjoying the... Um, because I, I, did we not... I, I think it was a kind of subdued one, Gaffer. Did we not have a game? Uh, I'm trying to think. Did we not have a game? I, I, I thought it was a quite a subdued night. I don't think people were... I think there was more focus on, the, you know, right, okay, let's just enjoy it. But it was low-keyed. I thought it would be a wee bit wilder than what it was because I think we were actually kind of focused on trying to kind of secure the title. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I didn't, I, honestly, you know, you listen to you back to the nine or days, people going missing for days and all that. There was none of that carry on. I think it was an ad hoc kind of night, wasn't it? You know, just we just uh, kind of, it wasn't really arranged and we just uh, got, got it done and said, like, let's go back and do something and then, it ended up quite sedate, didn't it, really? Aye. No, listen, you're absolutely right. But the thing is, I think there was a realisation and a wee bit of relief as well in some ways because, as you say, you know, you're, you're just delighted to get it and, it. and it just allows you to kind of uh, refocus and go again. 
because whatever way, and you have to kind of pay, you know, it was, it was a strong Celtic team you were up against, and you knew that they were never going to down tools just because we'd won the League Cup. So it was a case of kind of just trying to kind of carry on in the form. It had been, you know, it had been really impressive uh, after the slow start. So at that point, see, having won the League Cup, this is obviously, I'll bounce this to, to both of you. Um, we get beat at home to Dundee United and to Celtic and with four games to go, we're high behind and everybody says it's all over. There's a, a famous bed sheet at um, Ibrooks um, from Celtic fans saying it's all over. How do you keep the dressing room going in them circumstances? How you go, begging? <laughs> no, yeah, do, listen, see, Gaffer, I'm, I'm just going to interject here because I think it's yeah. important because we're amongst friends. Yes. I, it was, uh, <clears throat> when you talk about losing to Celtic um, in the first game of the split, I don't mind saying this, by the way. I think that we, you have to take this to the chin, Gaffer, because sometimes you, you, know, you make decisions as managers and you left me out that day. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> that was the reason. Hi, <laughs> by the way, I was getting dogs abuse off a guy who, who was building an extension up by my Wayne's nursery gaffer and, and leading up to that old firm game. His geezer was giving me dogs abuse, and I'm saying, I just wait until after Saturday, you're a big walloper. And then, and, and then when I seen him on the Monday morning, I couldn't drive the car fast enough into the nursery. The guy was giving me dogs abuse. <laughs> Yeah, but you, you carry on, Biggie. What was your take on after after that? Because it was at that point, I think the only guy I ever thought was Big Marvin, wasn't he? He he came out with a line, keep believing, keep believe, believe. Yeah. Um, no, listen, we you've still got hope, and I think we we always have in our minds that it hasn't finished yet. It never is finished. And again, I like I was on earlier, and we're speaking about like Ferguson and some yeah. of the. The little tips you know you take take from him going into management, and one of the things was never give up. And uh, I think we had that with the the Rangers team and and that Scottish Cup final. I described it when when Lovencrant scored the winner. Yeah, um, about us going right to the final last kick of the game. That was something that we kind of instilled into the the squad. And as you said, those values of that that we book that you got the DVDs Absolutely. that that we distributed. I think gave the guys an idea of what Rangers was was all about, and that you can never ever go out on that pitch as a Rangers player and not have left everything on it, you know. And that I think was what pulled us through it. And in the end, you know, Marvin's belief as well, you know, he's never said I. But in saying that, I think we had a, a lot of character in the, that dressing room to come yeah. back. The Celtic still had to drop points. Yeah, we get that, and it was in their hands. But we did the sufficient and the right um, victories came our way with the right performances in the end to do what we did on Helicopter Sunday. I think the big boost was, uh, I think, did Celtic lose? Uh, I think they lost to Hibs on the Saturday. We, we, we were getting up in the bus, remember? Do you, That's right. Remember? You know, I the bus, well. And I, I hate the radio being on in the bus about, you know, deciding our fate. Um, but so we, we started to play music, but some of the, the guys up the back, oh, they're selling, they're doing the hubs, you know, and they're, they're shouting. But up the front, I'm kind of saying, I don't want to hear this until I hear something at the final whistle that's really good news for us. But at the same time, you know, I'm kind of, Listening in in the, in the wee excerpts with the boys on the back. One of us have just taken the lead. 
and of course, you just cannot evade it. You, you cannot escape it. And you, you, you've got to hang in there and see what happens with the final result. When we, we, we heard that Hibs had won, then we went to Aberdeen and Julie done the business and we, we were back on side. We were back on track again. Guys, I've got, I've got to ask you, right, full time, Hibs have just won 3-1. Was there a wee cheer on the bus? Come on, tell the truth. It wasn't a wee cheer. <laughs> no, no, but I think, I think it's, it's it's important, you know, because I always sat down the front of the bus as well. But the, as the gaffer says, it was filtered through, and it gave us a real opportunity. And listen, it's one of the things I never quite realised when I was doing South that the kind of rivalry between Aberdeen and Rangers it is fierce. They they are always determined to turn us over, uh, particularly in their home patch. And to go up there that day, I think it was raining as well, Gaffer. Do you remember Big Daddo doing that celebration? It was an absolute quagmire, wasn't it? I mean, That's the, right, the yeah. was terrible, yeah. wasn't it? You know, and, yeah, and, and I, but I, I think that, that kind of characterises and epitomises what we actually uh, yeah. we were about that day because it was just a matter of rolling up the sleeves. Uh, oh, it was it Because right. they, they, yeah. they had some decent big players, Russell Anderson, Xander Diamond, guys like that, who would have... The boys, Scott Severin, you know, there, there, there were some decent players. I think Big Noel Whelan might even have been up there at that time. So they were very much up, a big physical team as well. Uh, so that gave us that belief, which was which was great, because effectively then it was back down to two points, wasn't it? Yeah, that yeah, that took it back to two. Sorry, Alec, just because when you're when you're when you're heading to Easter Road on the final day of the season, or the leagues. It leads up for grabs. You're, you've been through the final day uh, scenario before with uh, the filming game that we spoke about in, in part one. What's the feeling on the bus heading through Easter Road? Do, do, do you all, as Big Marvin said, do, do you all believe or are you going there thinking, nah, this is probably not going to be your day, unfortunately? I, I, I think that um, I would say the general feeling in, in pe- people's heads, you know, being... Scottish. I, I don't care if you're Scottish or Spanish or Italian, whatever. I think you would still be thinking the same thing that Celtic would not fail. But the one thing that was overriding everything that we we emphasised to the players and, and Alec, I'll back this up, is, is, that we, is that we said that whatever happens in, in this historic day, we cannot not lose this game. We've got to win this game. We've got to win the game to, to show that we went to the very end. If we draw this game and Celtic drop points, then we'll live with the regret for the rest of our lives. I think that that, that, that was the, the key to not, not Celtic losing the game, but to us winning. We, we had to win. We, the, just whatever happened... We had to win that game just for the sake of the pride of Rangers. Yeah, do you to know that um, I often say this when I'm doing a wee bit, kind of talking to folk and that after, what, what was the, the, the big Alex kind of message prior to the game? Do you know what? It was so simplistic, but it was so important. Um, because as you, you just said there, he says, listen, whatever you do, make sure you win this. I think your words were, if you don't, if the result goes your way, at Motherwell, and you don't get the results here today, Aye. Mm-hmm. You will, I will fucking haunt you for the rest of your life. Aye. I think that was the words that were ringing in my ear. It was almost a case of you'll never live it down if mm-hmm. you don't get the result here and the result goes the way you want it at Motherwell. So it was just a case of going out and trying. And, and 
Gaffer, you, you've obviously been, you had 700 odd games for Aberdeen and uh, managed hundreds of games. Have you ever been involved in a game where the opposition didn't want to cross the halfway line? I was, <laughs> not generally in my time, I've never to this day experienced it coaching, managing, playing where the opposition were very comfortable at 1 0 and just sat in. I've never, I've never experienced it. Yeah, I know, I know, and it, and it was even more, um, I think, emphasised when we got the goal, because yeah. if, if Hibs had lost another goal, they would have missed out in Europe due to goal difference. That's right, yeah. So it, it became even more classical, if you remember, when when, uh, when we got the goal, we actually got the goal, and Buffon set him Straight up. Straight off now to Kyriakos. Just step over there by uh, Buffel, who has to commit himself, he does well, gets it away from Brown, through to Purcell, a little touch by him, Buffel again, he's got Novo on the right-hand side, in comes Nacho Novo, drives it across, and Purcell in there at the near post, and Novo is absolutely delighted with himself. Uh, after that, it was just keep ball, and I was absolutely, whoa, well, I don't want to say that word, but Marvin and Kenny Akos, <laughs> not the, the two most beautiful players with a ball were keep playing keep ball at the back <laughs> and Marvin Marvin um, on occasion started to go over the halfway line and then decided I'm going all the way now you know we've got the ball out wide and I thought Marvin you get back as Kenny Akos is in his own half and Hibs everybody in the Hibs team were back in their own box and they were just trying to protect that goal difference um, thing that would have prevented them getting in Europe. So that that that's what made it a bit farcical. But from the off, Alec, I mean, we we had, we were in Hibs uh, half yeah. the whole the whole game and, until uh, Nacho got that breakthrough. Gaffer, see, see when you're talking about, obviously we've, we've touched on about a lot of players who came to the club, and we've obviously we've obviously spoke about the guys who came in the summer. We mentioned Fergie, Kiriakos. We Buffalo was integral as well, wasn't he? Because he brought he brought real quality middle to front. Yeah, um, so well at the West, wasn't he? he was well at the West, um, Thomas. You know, I coach, you and I coached him again yeah. as well. Yeah, uh, and we had a great season with Thomas. Then we realised, you know, how much more intelligent a player he'd become as well. But he, he was a well at the West, and he, he he got into little pockets, didn't he? And he, yeah. he was able to provide goals for us. Remember when? He slipped um, Lovencrantz through for the goal at Ibrox against uh, was it uh, Roma in, uh, Inter Milan. Yeah, Maybe. yeah, yeah. So we had moments like that, and um, Thomas gave us that kind of wee bit of quality in the last yeah. third, just with his little one-touch, two-touch football. Yeah, uh, big, big. Do you know? You know when you're talking about. Uh, <clears throat> Kind of, is this game's wearing on and Big Marvin's doing Maisie runs and you're just about to run on the pitch and hook him because Aye. he's got a bit, a bit excited. Yeah. See, see as that game's progressing, you've, we're, we're, everyone connected to football, particularly down south when you're either going for a playoffs with Birmingham or I was at Wolves or Sunderland and all of a sudden you hear for the behind the goal, it's like this, and then you realise something's happened but you're looking going, is, is it actually happened? What's happening? Because there's footage that does around because clearly I was on the pitch, but you're kind of looking at your bench, you're kind of going, right, what's happened there? And, and I think at that point, when, when it was coming through for the fans behind the goal, that the mother had scored. Yeah. As soon as, as, soon as, I, as, as I heard the roar of the Rangers fans, and probably, well, 
maybe I'm just exaggerating this on, on the day, it sounded like the biggest roar I've ever heard. Alec McLeish looking for a miracle here. And he'll be thinking back to, well, a huge roar goes up in the stand. The Rangers stand here. And Motherwell, we are told, have scored. I, I got this tingle down my spine of which I've never experienced before in my life. And I knew, obviously knew that, that Motherwell had scored. Um, and, uh, the, you know, from there on in, it was obviously a bit nerve-wracking waiting and, and uh, the, the two results coming in. And then I heard another cheer and I thought, right, that must be the Celtic finish now. And they've drawn. And But then the news was that Scott McDonald has scored again. And, you know, just to, to totally um, confound Celtic's uh, miserable day. But we, um, you know, still had to go and do what we, we did uh, in terms of our approach to the game yeah. and see it out, you know, when, when Marvin and uh, Kiriakos were playing at keep ball at the back. <laughs> do, 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 I don't know if you remember, if you've seen the footage, Gaffer. See as that second roar goes in. Barry Ferguson yeah. jumps on my shoulders. And he says, on the pitch, that's right, on the pitch. And he's like, we fucking won this. And I was like, and I remember pushing him. <laughs> Because Hibs had a throw-in going up the line. Aye. And I'd, I'd, I'd visions the big Marvin fall asleep or something because me and him were jumping about on the pitch as if we'd won it. So Aye. it was. Uh, so Barry yeah. jumped on my shoulders at that point. And said, well, we've everyone won it and the game's still going on. Remember, there's one that Celtic uh, let slip, not once but twice. The referee, he looks at his watch there. Uh, McLeish is signalling here. Mullerwell scored again. McDonald again. It's Mullerwell 2, Celtic 1. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. Look at the celebrations there. What a turnaround here this afternoon. You could never have imagined this. Rangers were happy just to keep possession, hoping for an equaliser. They haven't got one miracle, they've got two. And it looks as if Rangers are about to win a most unlikely championship. And it's all over. And Alec McLeish is swamped by his backroom staff. Fans are going mad here. The stewards will do well to keep order. And um, but you always have that. You always have that fear that you know something. Somebody slips. Somebody makes a mistake. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, listen. It was only a couple of minutes to go at that stage. But I think everybody in that, the scenes at the death were just unbelievable. No, it, it was just uh, something that that I hadn't really. I've never witnessed in my life before. You know, that uh, was just a unique one-off. Uh, in terms of the way that the whole game went and the way that the crowd reacted, the spine tingle that I got that probably that I'd never experienced in my life before and never have since. Um, and then to get the reward at the end of the season when the helicopter all of a sudden appeared above uh, Easter Road. I have to ask you at this point, it's something that um, everybody asked and it was when we were saying we were going to do this, it was ask the guys... What did that feeling feel like when that roar went up? Because I was, I was actually, I didn't take a ticket that day. I'd been going religiously all season. And I didn't take a ticket that day because I just, I started to get a stupid feeling that I was bad luck, and um, <laughs> I decided not to go. And I went and watched it in the district um, with my brother and um, with with my, my best mate, and we were all season ticket holders. And there was a guy in the corner of the district going absolutely mental, and everybody was looking at him for a split second, saying, "What are you doing, mate?" 
Like, what's what's the issue here? Because obviously it's 88 minutes and Big Marv and Kiriakos are just passing it back to each other. And then right. it's on donors that, that, that Motherwell had equalised. Cregan's going to play this. It's a long one. Up there. Varga. Foreign shot. He's scored. He's scored. He's scored. place was in eruption and we were all overjoyed and in that two minutes right. I felt like my heart was coming out of my chest how did you guys how, how did you cope and, and and what was it like and talk us through the emotion of that well you go first well listen as I said when, when Barry jumped on my shoulders mm-hmm. he did and I think the gaffer just mentioned that he just he started getting that kind of sensation that you are actually going to go on and win this league now I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you. Um, <clears throat> after the, the old firm game, I thought it would be nigh on impossible. You know, Big Marvin was kind of keep yeah. believing. I thought it would be extremely difficult, but then there was a sense of belief the following week. So here we are, a couple of games down the line, and we're literally within... You have to put it in context, Stephen, because up until two minutes to go, you're not winning nothing. You've not won a sausage. You know, you, you, you know there's no roar. You're going through your, your routine. You, you know, you're good being professional, you're doing your bit, and then all of a sudden people are jumping on your back, you're looking all at a dugout, the gaffer's trying to kind of get information from, uh, from the bench to confirm that it's a goal, the Rangers fans are ecstatic, and then all of a sudden you're thinking to yourself, my God, at 34, 35, I'm going to win a league with Rangers, right. which is just, which is just, you think to yourself, what, what's that all about? And this all stems back, gaffer, to an interview I did with Tony Gubber the January before, and when, it, when we'd packed up We'd packed up all the camera work in my house in Wolverhampton. And he said to me, I meant to ask your passion. From that conversation with Tony Gubber, I said to him, I says, actually, I can't wait to go and watch Rangers in Europe. And also, I like a bit of golf. And he says, I'm meeting Alex McLeish tomorrow. So from that conversation, fast no, forward to the season later, and here I'm our one in the league. I thought that boat had totally sailed. So... I was, I was just, <laughs> and, and, and Gaffer, I don't mind telling people this. I'm from the East End of Glasgow, so showing emotion is something that, you know, even, uh, I hate to say this, but even having my kids, there's no, no emotion. You know, you're, 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 you're brought up to be, oh, you're a man, don't show anybody your emotion. That's directly after that game finished, and I broke down in tears. And, and it had never happened to me at any period, uh, and I was overcome with joy. Um, and I couldn't stop greeting for even when we went back to Ibrox Gaffer. I was walking around the pitch and tears are running down my face. My so right. it had a profound, profound effect on me. Um, and it was just, in some ways, it was kind of the icing on a cake for me uh, as a kind of guy that had been all over England, all over the country. Started off at Rangers, come back home and won the league. So for me, it was just a kind of. Gaffer, you couldn't see if he'd have said to me a year prior to joining Rangers. By the way, see in a year's time, we man, you'll be joining Rangers and in the last two minutes, you'll be one in the league with, you know, Big Alec and the boys. I had a hook to you and says, you're talking pish, get out of my road. So, so... Thank God so I didn't get your outline then. No, but that's what I'm saying, Big Game. It's like you said, you, you've just said there, it was a once in a lifetime, uh, you know, uh, that you'd actually felt that way on the back of winning a game and the manner and what it was. And I think that's it. And, and I think Stephen hits a nail on the head. If you say to anyone re- related to Sunday, or even Celtic fans for that matter, you go, oh, helicopter Sunday, where were you? 
Now, Stephen's yeah, reminiscing about guys in the corner, you know, yeah. and, and, and wee moments within that whole day that people remember, because a lot of people had literally said, no, uh, I'm not taking tickets and things. And, the, and because of the profound nature of it all, people actually remember to the minute where they were that day. And I think I find that remarkable that well, a game of football, people can be so specific because it means that much to them. Yeah, yeah. Z, you're talking zero to hero, aren't you? And in, in terms of in the managerial role, uh, you, you know, you, you know, we were at Genk, you, you did your manager for a few times. The, the only thing that you wanted to do is to make your fans happy. And if the fans are happy, then you know that you're doing something right. And that, yeah. that, that, is my, that, that was always my ambition in every club that I managed or coach was to make the fans happy because you, you know you're, you're winning and you're, you're on the right track. Yeah. And that, that just, as, as I said to you, fairy tale stuff for you. Um, for me, the, because of the margin and the expectations of clubs like Rangers, then if I'd lost that, it is zero, but you you want it. You're hero, and and it, the margin's very fine. It's, it's as they say, it's like that here. Um, that goes left to the zero, or goes right to the hero, and you, you, you know that you just could not tip something like that to happen on that final day. Nobody, and I'm sure nobody would have. I'm sure a lot of Rangers fans would have put a bet on it for us to do it, and. Uh, you know, give, given the, the optimistic, everlasting support of the fans. But Gaffer, you know, you know, you talk about all, I think one of the key things that's been people miss. You know, see the preparation and the organisation and the detail that goes into you. You, you say it started months before that season season even started. Yeah. You know, when you're recruiting. Yes. You know, yes. Boomsong, Prusso. And then you're looking at other things. So, so, in a lot of ways, people think, oh, what a great season that was. But it's a lot longer than that season because you're actually building months and months aye. in advance. And the details. Pre- yeah, absolutely. Pre- and, and, aye, aye, without doubt. Big, and I think, we, I think we didn't do important. it the season before. We didn't do it the season before. As I said, we just uh, started to bring players in the summer, like three weeks before the season started, before we, we went to the, the pre-season training together. And then, you know, you're... you're you, you you know the guys on paper. You've seen them before. You, you, you know, but to try and get them to gel together and inside three weeks, and certainly for a lot of the guys who were at, towards the end of their careers, that, that was a very very difficult season for us. But the Dado one, the you coming, um, Boom Song coming, you know, then doing Kiriakos and Bergie in January, along with a couple of others, before you know, it's, it's incredible. In, just taught me a huge lesson about recruitment. And it, listen, by that time, I'd already sussed it after the Mullerwell experience, but um, certainly we, we, had a, we had a great little spell in gang. Not, we weren't really able to bring any players in, but look what a lot of these players have done since, oh, on. since that season we had them. You know, <laughs> gang have made about 100 million out of um, a lot of these young players that we introduced. <laughs> Biggie, do you know? Do you know? We've obviously touched. We've obviously touched on uh, everything about the season. You know, the, the the different stages, the different personnel, and things. One of the key things I I felt 
at that point as well was uh, moving Fernando into the middle of the park, making him captain in the whole bit as well, because he was frightening that year. He was yeah. uh, he was a driving yeah. force. Catalyst, yeah, he was. Aye, he was. He was big and even the, the constant in the training and things. He was a nightmare. He was always smashing people. He was driving, you know, and and to give people a flavour of it, he was the one. That even in, he trained the way he played. He was always on the front foot, and I think his yeah. legs. He's, he's and I think giving them that responsibility as well was. It was everything. great because did you ever see Fernando on your puff before? Trying to separate people. <laughs> Normal. <laughs> that was his captain duties. Normally, he was in there punching lumps at everybody else, you know. But he, he was he was actually playing the you know the, the peacekeeper, peacemaker. Aye. <laughs> yeah. So uh, brilliant. Yeah, great. Listen, great. Aye, as you said, Fernando was was great for us in that that position. All the staff, I can't thank them enough. You know, Andy, Ian, and uh, David, David, and the two Davies. You know, the the Big Doc, Big Doc, um, the Big Doc was, my goodness, was um, fantastic as well in terms of the, just, we, we, had, a, we had a brilliant um, rapport in the dressing room, you know, there was a great spirit, team spirit amongst not only our staff, but with the, the staff and the at Ibrox and all that as well. Big and you know, you know, um, uh, what we, we, we talk about supporters will be listening to this. And, this, and, and listen, I've been a supporter my whole days. And the one thing I'd, I've never, ever been privy to in terms of experience-wise, see when we went back to Ibrox, Big and we, and we do the lap of honour and there's 40-odd thousand punters there. Uh, I, was, I was absolutely blown away. As I said, you know, it was Easter Road, I was greeting, coming back in the bus, I was greeting. And as I was walking around the track, around the pitch, I was greeting, you know, I had a scarf wrapped around me, a, a flag wrapped around me. And I remember, I remember walking around, tears were dripping down my eyes, and I just think to myself, these people, these people have come out of their house just to watch <laughs> us walking around a pitch. I couldn't believe what I was watching, man. But it's not something I've experienced as a supporter. Yeah, that, that was making them happy. That's that was our goal, wasn't it? Making them happy. That's... But 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 as you know, and I mentioned it in the last blog before you joined us with the guys, was that in many many occasions. When you don't win at Rangers, you're behind yeah. enemy lines in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, big, big, and it's like I said to you, man. If you wake up at one o'clock, you're tossing and turning, and before you know it, six o'clock in the morning, man, and your head's oh, you're busting your thing, right? <laughs> and and that is the pressure of playing for a club of that stature. You know the expectations, um, you know, and it's difficult. And and I suppose only the strongest survive in some yeah. respects because you know it's about and it will always be about winning. Yeah, absolutely. Well, a unique, one of the unique clubs in the world that have to win every week. Absolutely. Can I just say something, guys? See on this, I've been a, a season ticket holder now, I think probably about 25 years. And Helicopter Sunday, when people ask me, you say, Stephen, right, okay, been going all these years, what's your, what's your highlights? And it's straight off the bat, it's Helicopter Sunday. That, if, if you could bottle that feeling for that two minutes, it would be, you know, People would would lap it up. It was incredible. I, I wish I wish I could. I could it was just up. incredible, wasn't it? It was unbelievable. And I thank you both because you gave us, as a support, um, me personally. I'm sure Chris, um, as a supporter as well. Everybody, that, that was unbelievable. It was just crazy. Um, it was just crazy moments. And a bit like you talk about thinking about, you know, Celtic Motherwell had drawn up until I went to Ibrox that night. 
um, and, and saw you all walking around the pitch and everything. Well, I didn't really see you because it was a bit blurry by then. But um, <laughs> I, I, as I said, I was all day in the district. But I still thought it was a draw and, and things like that. It was just incredible. What a day. Genuinely, that, that is up there with the absolute pinnacle. Yeah, one of the best ever, you know, if not the best. Oh, no, listen, Moving on. No brainer for me, Stephen. That was, without doubt, that's the best. And you know, it was, it was, I've got three kids and, and, and I won the league with Sunderland, Gaffer, so that, that goes to my eldest, that, that medal. The middle one will get the League Cup and the wee man, last but not least, he'll get the Helicopter Sunday medal. Oh, How lucky is that wee? How lucky is the wee man? He's getting, I'll be worth more money. <laughs> but guys, so, moving moving on from Helicopter Sunday, um, 2005-2006, as we kind of wrap up your time, Alex, with us, um, that would be your last in charge. And it was difficult. Um, there were some runs in there with 10 games out of win, exit in the Cups. And, you know, there was, there was times where it went full circle. It completely went full circle and, you know, it was the, the famous kind of David Murray saying, no, we're going to give him to the end of the season. I've looked in his eyes and things like that. But the real high um, and another achievement, because you'd, you'd done the Cups, you'd done the treble, done the doubles, helicopter Sunday 50, everything, but was Europe. And and you left us with the, the last 16 and we had um, memory, Sergio right, with Inter Milan, Porto, um, Bratislava, is that right, in that group? And then obviously went on to play Villarreal and that. Just your memories, both of you, of, of that European run and um, your kind of your last season. Gaffer, Gaffer, you may as well take over this segment because uh, I was serving a five-match ban for an accident in Moscow. Oh, yeah, that's right. Aye. So when you normal. fell over, Alex, that's right, wasn't it? You fell over. <laughs> anyway, carry on, Gaffer. Aye, okay, well... Um, no, it was it was a, a tough season. We we did um, encounter a few injuries. I think was that the season Hearts made a, an incredible start to the season. Yep. Yeah, ten games in a row or something. And um, you, we we just you know it was we couldn't get to the levels or the standards of the previous season. There was there was injuries, there was um, mitigation for that, but you know, I'm not going to um, talk to the guys in the blog and say that um, ah, it was because of this, because of that. It is what it is, and uh, we got to a certain part of the season. See, see the way I, I approached that season, given that, that we did have Dado missing for a, a period of yeah. time, other people missing. We, we, um, we always because it was a Scottish league. I always felt that we're Rangers. We have to try and win every game. We have to go at teams, and even when I knew we were a wee bit weaker than than we were the previous season. Yeah. Um, so you know we, we were losing at places like Hibs and uh, and Hearts and. And uh, I thought, God, what do I do? They're going shut up shop, make tactical, you know, play Rangers defending and hit them in the break and, you know, and play that way. A little bit in, in a sense the way that Stephen has, has adapted to Rangers this season. Um, he's, he's, been, he's expected to go and win all the games, but you've seen him in Europe when they've played the, the more of a defensive line and counter, then they've been very effective. You know, it kind of, um, I, I was able to use that tactic in the Champions League. 
and and uh, we were, you know, we were able to go to places like Inter. Okay, it was a closed door. We we lost the game, but we we got valuable points because of that those kind of tactics. And uh, obviously, the one in Porto was significant. Um, I think a few people thought I was going to go after that game, and and uh, you know, after that, the second half of the season, we got players back. And we had we had incredible return of points. We had the same amount of points in the second half of the season. Uh, if we'd have got the same amount of points in the first half of the season as we did in the second, we would have probably been competing with Celtic for the title. Um, but anyway, it, it happened the way it did. I, I I did say to David in January that <clears throat> it might be better if if I, I leave now. We're in the quarters, and he says, "No, no." He said, "Look." He's been a great servant. Go at the end of the season. Uh, I don't want to see anybody else taking the team out uh, in that um, game against Villarreal, other than you. Uh, so, you know, I, I, uh, that was a good gesture. Um, but I knew I was leaving Rangers at the end of the season, which was, um, you know, I had to face it. You know, it wasn't in my control. Um, I was was a little bit. Uh, heartbroken about it, but at the same time, I still had work to do between then and the end of the season. And um, you know, so we went right through to the end of the season in, in a kind of decent, unbeaten run, and and uh, then uh, only losing narrowly out to Villarreal. Yeah, Gaffer, do you know uh, the, one of the one of the ones that I remember as well because the, the only game I played in that campaign was against uh, over in Porto. And uh, what a what a feeling it was, you know. You're standing there in that Champions League music, and that was one of the things I'd said to Tony Gobert uh, prior. I'm going to go and watch Rangers playing in the Champions League because I've not seen Aye. it because playing my whole career. And here I was, stood in, and and if my memory serves me right, that Porto team spent a fortune, a fortune because they, you know, Deco and all these guys had all left yes. uh, to, to follow Jose Mourinho to to England, and they brought mm. in a load of young Brazilian players. And I think you brought on young Ross McCormack. Ross will get the equaliser. Mm-hmm. And then we were so unlucky. And, I, and you, you won't say this, but part of the problem in that second season is we actually lost a lot of good players. We'd lost no, Jota, we did. We did. Yeah. Really, really talented individuals. And uh, it's like you said, and, and I think over the course, uh, and I'm not talking about as a fan here, over the course of your tenure, when I look from a distance, Celtic were spending big at that time and you were constantly kind of nipping and tucking the whole while. Uh, hence, mm-hmm. hence the reason, even if you go back to 2004-05 season, I, I think you spent 1.4 million quid to mm-hmm. compete to compete with, you know, and it's well documented how much Celtic were spending at, the, at that time, you know, when they had Hartson, Sutton, Petrov, Lennon, you know, all the Alan Thompson, all these guys. So, he kind of did what, he did what he did and to get to the last 16 because people, you know, people would look back at this and go, what a remarkable achievement because if you remember the Villarreal game, Big Boy Day had an unbelievable chance over, yeah. in, over in Spain to, to, right. to take us through to the last eight and, and when you consider, you know, the, the as you said, because at that point, Gaffer, we were in good form. I think yeah. February, February through to the death in yeah. May, we never it's lost it, never lost a game. We never lost, I know. I That's know. right. So if we could get through there, you never know because the actual brand and the style we're playing was, it was just kind of very compact, 
plenty of we had, we, good players. Just, yeah, we lost a lot of players, but we, we, we had a, a few injuries as well, didn't we? And um, Dado, we, Dado was the key one for me. He, he was pivotal to everything we were doing. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, when you lose key players like that, you know, and you, know he, he, you might say that you can't lose one player and that's the end of it yet, but one player can make such a big difference. You know, you, if, you, if you take back to Spurs when they sell Gareth Bale and then bring in like six players for the money that they go for, that's Gareth, right. they think, well, look when we got back, you know, but takes these, these guys. Some of them didn't didn't pass muster, but at this, and, and one or two of the others took ages to settle in. But when you've got a match winner like Gareth Bale or Dado Precio, then uh, it makes such a big difference. But but as I said, we we played more tactically in the Champions League. We got those results where you know some kids playing and uh, players who who weren't really playing regularly, so didn't have much rhythm and. And tactically, we got through by by adopting a different style in terms of what we the way we played in the Premier League. But as Alec rightly says, second half of the season, we we, yeah. we had a tremendous unbeaten run. I would just, anyway, uh, I would just um... anyway, that, that, that ended ended in a, in a you, you still look for positives out of a sad situation. I would just ask you guys just as we. Before kind of Chris is going to ask you about Genk and things like that and working together, but I was just going to ask you just before we we kind of wrap up your time, Alex, an impossible question almost. Um, Alex, we ask you as well. Um, your time at Rangers, give us your one outstanding moment. Go on, big in. Go on, Gaffer. I my my um, one outstanding moment is has got to be the helicopter Sunday day because. Um, the, the 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 treble was wonderful, um, but I had an incredible array of of um, world class players in that team, and I'm not not saying that, that I don't um, rate my my players in helicopter Sunday world class, but you know if you think of the difference between the the, the teams, the players, and for the guys to have done it on that final day. And I think only for the the massive spine tingle that I've never experienced before in my life, then that's the one. Ah, listen, it's, it's, it's very difficult to oversee, uh, oversee Helicopter Sunday in terms of achievements and things. And, and we've obviously spent about an hour or so talking about Helicopter Sunday, but it's on a personal point of view, and I touched on it earlier on, to Captain Rangers at Hamden to walk out in front of a little, predominantly Rangers uh, following, I think they had the lion's share of the crowd that day. So to captain the team, it was was just, it's not, it's not often you get that opportunity to do that. So from a personal point of view, the standout bit was actually kind of marching the team out at, Ham, at Hamden for me. That was that was just absolutely amazing. It was just a great feeling. The the helicopter Sunday one was, was the, emotion, the most emotional one. And um, from... Technical point point of view, the um, the Mikel's Arteta's penalty that sealed the treble was was probably the greatest achievement. Gaffer, just quickly on the back of that, you know, you you know, you, uh, we have off the Stevens just told us. Stevens just told us there that um, about he was in the <coughs> district bar helicopter Sunday and yeah, so forth, right? Yeah. Now, uh-huh. going back to the Arteta penalty. 
Yeah. It's funny because I know exactly where I was that day. Yeah, I, was, I was sharing a room with Mo Kamara, who ended up going to play with Celtic, who knew nothing about Scottish football, a uh, French-speaking boy. And uh, I remember, uh, I remember every 10 minutes, I'm phoning my dad back in Glasgow, what's happening, what's this going? He's going, Celtic says, Rangers this, and I'm going, oh, Jesus, this is too much. And I'm walking about the room with a phone every 10 minutes and my, my boxer shots. <laughs> and, and, Mo, and Mo Kamara is going, Alex, you fucking crazy. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> so anyway, for the last 15 minutes, I phoned my dad and says, put the phone to the tranny and I'm pacing up and doing, I'm sweating and the whole bit and then obviously Rangers won, right? And that Mo Kamara shaking his head at me as if to say, you're a fucking loony. What is it you're <laughs> actually doing, right? And then he came to Celtic in my second season, I think. And I remember meeting up with him. And I, I, I remember the story that I've just told you about. I said, do you remember I was telling you I was walking up and doing? I said, do you get it now? And he went, oh, Alex, you're not crazy. The Scottish are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so so that was where I was in that day in a hotel room when Arteta scored that penalty. Uh, with goals. So it's, it just shows you, it, it impacts everybody that supports the club. Just a quick one from me, guys. Stevie obviously mentioned there about the two of you working in together over in Belgium. Uh, Alec, you had was a bit of success with uh, Birmingham uh, down south. No, had, a, had a few other uh, jobs around about the whole world as well, but why did you ask Alec Ray to go with you uh, to Genk and what was it about the opportunity that really appealed for you? Yeah, well, Belgium was, back in the day when uh, I was younger manager, Belgium was one of my um, scouting countries. Because I always felt you get really good value for money, and, and the players there, you know, they, they they brought a lot of players from Africa. Okay, there is the the rules in terms of, um, you, you know, the when you're buying players from the African continent, and the Belgium seemed to be able to get access to them all the time, and uh, you, you know, due to their their roots with their Africa, and. Not only African players, but the Belgians in general had tremendous quality of player. And 14 years or something, I'd been going in and out to Belgium. So anyway, you know, I got this call from a, an agent saying, um, would I talk to Genk? I've just sacked the manager after five games. Um, is there any chance I could meet them somewhere? And I think we met just outside Brussels. And I wasn't, I wasn't coaching at the time. I said, yeah, I'd definitely take the, the opportunity to speak to you. Um, he told me right away there wasn't any money to spend, but if, if um, we sold somebody, then perhaps we could use that money. He said they're in a transitional period of finance. Um, but they, they liked my record and what I'd done with clubs that, you know, maybe had financial problems. <laughs> I don't know if they, they, they should just nickname me the accountant. But anyway, um, I thought, hey, I'm going to take this challenge. I asked them for 24 hours, but you know, they, they really nailed me to the, the post and said, look, we really want to know right now. You know, don't wait 24 hours. Say, don't, I need to speak to my wife. No, no, just come on. Just, there was a decision. I said, Ah, right, okay, I'm taking it. And then, uh, you know, I, I've been talking to Alec yeah, quite a lot in, in recent times. 
once just once before up to that and I thought right Alec, what, I've looked at Alex's career and as a coach and his motivational skills and, and the, the way that he gets on with players and um, asked Alec if he fancied that and he jumped at it so we went on that adventure and um, we you know we were trying hell of a hard to get Genk to the, to the top of the league towards the top and uh we introduced a lot of kids. We went to the academy games. We we brought some kids into the training with us, and and uh, and in the end, we we just stayed for one season. But we had a tremendous time there. And I've got to say, you know, the the, the guys that have come through and gone to play in other clubs ever since, and we're really proud of that because um, you know, Timothy Castagna, a boy who's playing at Atalanta, the Genk sold him, I think, for 10 million euros. Um, Wilfred Ndidi, who was our only signing of the whole season, um, we we got him. You know, I'm, I can't say that uh, it was me and Alec that uh, scouted him we, because we had a great chief scout who gave me the name and I put it to the board and told them that they were going to lose him if they didn't, didn't sign him and pay the 100,000 euros to get him. I think Leicester paid 15 million for him. So uh, you know, I, I really um, begging really you enjoyed. for goats. Begging you for goats, Sergey. He he's uh, he was a real no, deal. That's right, you know. But listen, there's about another ten players that I can mention: Sergey Milinkovic Savic, who plays for Lazio. Sergio went for ten million as well the season yeah. after we left. We we introduced him into the team, and now English teams are talking about hundred million for him and a Serbian kid. And he was, he was a brilliant lad he, in, in terms of the the teaching side of things. He was a willing listener. Um, so there was loads of guys, Alec. You, know, you remember the kids went to Anderlecht. And, you know, and Peter Gherkin's Schreiber yeah. as well went, moved you know, on. Steve Schreiber went to Bruges. Steve Schreiber went to Bruges. Um, yeah. And we had a brilliant time there, Alec, didn't we? I'd listen, and, I, I, and, I, and I loved that. I was, was just... disappointed that with the... the you know, they, they didn't, they just, we just went for a year with the contract was up and that was up. We never we really negotiated with them again to uh, prolong the contract, which um, I think we we should have been entitled to given the amount of kids that we brought through and, and got them to a reasonable position. Yeah, listen, it was a great experience. It was just really good. It was just good to see other people. We, we also worked with a guy called uh, Hans Visser who was a, a, a Dutch fella. Uh, his coaching methods were brilliant, but I just think the whole dynamic, the club was excellent. Um, they were very professional, very well-run club as well. And uh, as you say, Gaffer, I think the influx of kids that come through was 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 absolutely great. It's, it's actually good to actually see them kind of really kicking on with their career because as you said, Big Milinkovic over at Lazio's turn it up. Is it thing me? Um, Bruges. and then you've got Peter Gherkins as uh, Anderlecht. Anderlecht, so you know they're all they're all still, all the ones that we spent and invested time with every afternoon. Yeah, have all kicked on. But listen, we we kind of kind of take the whole credit. We were just kind of a part of that journey as well for these kids because the the one thing that they, they had at Genk, the the youth set up, the way they went about their business, the way they introduced kids into the system as well. Yeah. Uh, it was just a brilliant club. Uh, unfortunately, only had one restaurant that I could tolerate. Big, and I was in there every night for the same pasta every night with my training gear on, and then straight up to the room. But 
as was much as Mill the Freak? isolation. Was it Mill Freak? Oh, Mill, Mills and Fr- aye, that was it, aye. But it was, it was just a great experience and it was good to see a different side because because of the amount of time we had, the way that the weekends were structured, the games on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it allowed you to get to lots of games as well. And uh, it allowed you to get to, to lots of games um, throughout the course of the weekend. So it kept me busy. Um, but it was, again, as I said, it was just a, a terrific experience. And, and I have to be honest with you, Seeing the actual, and, and Chris, Chris has asked the, the questions, seeing the detail, and this is just because the gaffers hear it, the detail in which we, we, we actually used to watch three games in the lead up to the opposition. Uh, so it gave me an insight of the actual detail and how much preparation you had to put in and the work ethic that, that you did, Gaffer, because we used to get in the back at seven in the morning and be there at six and seven at night. And, yeah. and, that's the reason, and that's the reason why I used to go for my dinner with my, with my training gear on, because I still had the, the same gear on as we'd been in there all day looking at analysis and trying to pinpoint how Hans was going to put the, the training on. It was, it was just a great experience, I have to say. I remember Michel, the, the trainer of the, the kids as well. He, yeah, still... yeah. He, he, was, he was amazing. Michel, was it Ribery? Ribery, Ribero, hi. Ribero, Ribero yes. Yes, well, he's, he's actually, Gaffer, I don't know if you know, but he's actually out in, I'm digressing, but he's actually, he was out in America working in the MLS for a while. That's right, that's right. He asked me about Rangers and I, I, I did put his name in, but um, I don't think anything happened. And that was, you know, I'd asked him if he'd received anything back and he said he never heard anything, which disappointing, but um, he's a terrific youth coach. Yeah. Yeah, but the whole experience was great. When it, and it gives you, because uh, uh, did we have something like 16 or 17 different nationalities? We had Georgians, we had also Serbians, we had Africans, you know, French, yeah. um, Belgium. We just so many different variations of nationalities. That, that's what I found intriguing about the whole thing, because there were so many different cultures within that dressing room, and, and then you have to pull it all together. Um, yeah. But it was a great experience. Absolutely brilliant. Just, just the final one from you. Like, if we if we touch on your, uh, your, it's kind of two things in the in the one question. If you touch on your uh, Scotland experience, or the first first time around, certainly better than the uh, the second time around. But how how would you reflect on I think the privilege of managing your country and what you managed to achieve over your over your two spells there? Yeah. Um, okay. The second one was was quite difficult. First time around, we you know we failed with the skin of our teeth and. Um, you know, the, the second one, just you probably never felt as um, maybe strong as, as I was in the first uh, time around. But in, in saying that, you know, at the end of the day, we, we do get a crack at the playoffs, um, which I, I felt, I really felt that I had to experiment in that whole year, almost like sacrificial a wee bit in a, in a way that... Uh, to to use as many players as I did and look at as many players as I could, and ju- just to see if we can get some kind of um, you know uh, rhythm going forward. And uh, qualifying to the playoffs with it with much more or less the strongest team that I had, and able to play two strong teams um, twice in a row for once in in my whole year and a bit there, then uh, that that shows you that that made the difference. But at the end of the day. Um, if you're talking about uh, you know statistics and all that, which people love nowadays, 
the, the competitive games that, that I, I was involved in, it was a 66% win ratio. So, you know, in the end, I'm, I'm not saying it was my, my, the greatest work I've ever done as a manager or a coach, but um, I certainly felt that I had to make those, those experiments, use a lot of the kids, check them all out. And, and I'm not taking any credit for saying that I brought this guy through or I brought that guy through. I merely um, gave them a showcase to get them to improve mentally and physically and, and uh, technically as well. Gentlemen, that um, wraps up part two of the Alex McLeish story. Um, it's been a real privilege um, speaking to you. So it's a huge thanks to um, regular co-host Mr Chris Jack for joining us. Chris, thanks very much. Thanks, no Chris. Problem. No problem at all. It's been great to chat to you guys. Really enjoyed it. Great stuff. Nah, until, the, until the next time, big man. Until the next <laughs> Listen, time. Listen, guys. Stay safe. Stay safe. Yes, um, a very important message at, at this point. Um, but everybody to stay safe out there. But before we go, massive thank you to Alex Ray, a double winner at Rangers and still... One of the ones in the who works in the media that we can count on and trust and a good voice for all Rangers fans here. Alex Ray, thanks for joining us. Ah, it's a pleasure, Stephen. Good to speak to you all, guys. I'm going to go and get a cup of coffee now. <laughs> Cheers, Al. Take care, chaps. Thanks, Cheers, Stephen. Alex. Thanks, Stephen. Um, Alex McLeish, thanks for joining us. Um, a huge privilege to have you on the show. Thanks very much, Stephen. Great. Enjoyed it and I'm very proud to have been on it. So that is the end of the Alex McLeish story, Alex McLeish podcast. It's a massive thank you to our guests for joining us. Um, Alex Ray, Chris Jack and Alex McLeish have all been fantastic. Important message at the moment, obviously, to everyone is to stay safe and stay indoors. But we hope that these podcasts will help uh, and give you an hour or two of listening to enjoy. Um, it's a huge thanks to Jersnet for hosting and it's a massive thanks to our sponsors, um, Kerry's Crazy Costumes and the Kitchen Custom Factory. You can find all their details on our website for Lads Had a Dream. Um, and for now, please stay safe and take care. Ignore the nonsense, the relevant and the noise. Celtic need to get the ball forward. Sutton is up there. McDonald's got a chance one-on-one. McDonald, Britain's inside the box for him. Can he finish Celtic off? McDonald, he scored again. It's all over. McDonald has scored 2-1. Celtic are out of it. Rangers have won the title. Scott